He is alive and He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or imagine. This morning we celebrate Palm Sunday. It is actually a prelude to what was, what was going to take place. Jesus would be coming into the city of Jerusalem. His disciples told him not to go, you know, but Jesus decided this was what he was supposed to do. And then on Good Friday, we celebrate God's great love for us. Many do not understand how is it God could kill his son. It is not so. Jesus came so that he could take the blows of sin and everything that we were supposed to take. He became poor that we might become rich. He became weak that we might become strong. He became sin that we might become the righteousness of God. He took the blows that were supposed to be reserved for us. And so we celebrate. That's why it's called a Good Friday. Bad, we say, for, for the Lord, but good for us. Because now we can celebrate His goodness, His love. We can enter into His presence. Amen? So Palm Sunday... What happened was there were two processions that took place on that same day. One was Pontius Pilate coming in for the first time as the governor general of Israel or Jerusalem. And as he came in, he came in with the pomp and pageantry of Rome. He had a big entourage of all Roman soldiers in his whole uh, garrison of soldiers in front behind him. And he rode on a white stallion. Coming in as a conqueror, they brought the sword with them saying, if anybody did not obey what we told them to do, then they would die. All right. So he came in as a conquering king and that was all the crowd that he had. The entourage that he brought with him, the soldiers and everybody else. Because the crowd did not come to say uh, Hosanna to him. The crowd was on the other side of a lonely street coming down from the Mount of Olives was this person riding on the donkey and his name was Jesus. Amen. So here they came out to greet him. Now, Zechariah chapter 9 and verse 9 puts it like this. It says, Rejoice greatly, O daughters of Zion. Rejoice greatly. Everybody say greatly. So the joy that we have must be great. Not just to rejoice, but rejoice greatly. Shout aloud, O daughters of Zion. Shout. <laughs> Not sing under your breath. I praise God in my heart. Why must be so noisy? God is not deaf. God is not nervous either. Shout aloud, you daughters of Zion. Why? Because behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and bringing salvation, humble and mounted on a donkey. Now, I would have stopped right there. He's humble, you know, meek, whatever it is. But why mention the donkey? Donkey. Why mention the donkey? And I want to just encourage you with that because if God had a word, a prophecy for a donkey 500 years before it happened, God definitely has a word for you. 
Everybody turn to the person beside you and say, hee-haw. All right. <laughs> okay. Now, <laughs> I'm not, Pastor Lifeheart preached a message once on the donkey, but I'm just saying this. It suddenly dawned on me that if God cared enough to give a word of prophecy for a donkey, he must have had a special purpose. And this morning, I want to use that as an illustration. God uses different things to show us exactly what he intends uh, for us to see. So I'm going to try to use the donkey as an illustration. And I'm not going to put up any scriptures up there except for the ones that I'm going to refer to. So as we go into this thing, all four Gospels mention this great event. All four. There are other miracles that some Gospels do not mention. But when it comes to the celebration the shouting of the people in the streets, the celebration of the king. This is for the first time they were welcoming a king other than the king of Rome. They were now acknowledging that the king was coming in. And for the first time after 500 years, in fact, thousands of years earlier itself, a thousand years earlier, there were prophecies about the Messiah. But then suddenly this became reality. Now Jesus was coming in. The route that he took, some of us have been to the Holy Land. I remember uh, at that time, some of us went together. And, and Sister Chris Gore went, but she was a bit afraid because her knee was giving her problem. Remember that time? She had knee problem and she even had a walking stick to help her. But when she walked down that steep hill where the donkey carried Jesus and came down. As she was walking down, the Lord healed her knee completely. That's an amazing thing. She said after that, no pain. Then after that, she can walk all over places where Jesus also did not walk. <laughs> but she enjoyed her journey. She enjoyed her trip. So, you know, so that there is something significant about this. And I want to mention just a few things concerning the donkey this morning. First of all, I want you to know that Jesus knows where you are at. He told the disciples, Mark chapter 11, verse 2, He said to them, two of them, Go into the village opposite you, and as soon as you have entered it, you will find a coat tied on which no one has set. Lose it and bring it. Go into the village on the other side, indicating that the donkey was not in the place where God intended for it to be. And so are we. We listen to all these wonderful promises that God has and we say we are not there. And God wants to bring us from the other side into this side where we can really say, I have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. Can I hear an amen? It is on the other side. So go to the other side. And you notice that there were two of them that went. How many of you know that there is power when two or three agree in prayer? That's why it says that. There has to be two. Two of you. I mean, it takes just one person to go loose the donkey. But he said, let two of you go. Because where two agree as touching anything, it shall be done. That's why it is so important. When we had the prayer meeting on Friday night, man, I was really thrilled. There was no place. We were meeting outside in the container there. No place inside that, uh, in, inside that little room and the praises went up and the hearts of the people went, I mean, it was powerful. I want to encourage you. If we want to see things begin to happen in our families, in our business, whatever it is, come and join so that there will be at least two of us praying together. Isn't it Jesus wonderful? See, 
They say the popularity of a preacher of a church is measured by the Sunday morning service. The popularity of Jesus is measured by the prayer meeting. Is he real? Because that's where the rubber meets the road. That's where we begin to come to him and say, Lord, I trust in you. I, I, I bring my burdens before you. And we see answers to prayer. Hallelujah. Prayer is a powerful thing. Amen. And I want to challenge you to, to come. So he gave clear instructions as to where the donkey would be. It's going to be in that side. You go and you will find it. It was not to be found in the same place where they were. And listen to me, church. You cannot find sinners in the church. If we want to see people get released, it has to be on the other side. We have to go outside of our church. Amen. Outside of our cell groups. That's where we will find them. Now, in the village opposite, you need to understand the context. You see, in those days, each village very often will fight with one another. All right? I don't want to ask you to raise your hands, but how many of you watch Tamil movies? See, immediately, I didn't ask you to raise your hands, they raise. Straight away. I won't tell you who, but you know, people like Risha and Rinesh and John, straight away. Lord have mercy on them. Very often in some of these old movies you will find the villages. One village crossed the other side. One girl from this village ran away with the boy from the other village. They fight. And this is a very Asian thing, you know, very Asian thing. And, and Israel at that time was very Asian. How many of you know that Israel is Asian? Not, not USA. Okay, so, so <laughs> this was the practice. One village did not like the other village and there was problems. So to go into the other village required sacrifice. It required a daring do. And I praise God for missionaries that came all over into our country to preach the gospel. They sacrificed a lot. In fact, many missionaries who went to China, they were telling us many of the missionaries who went over to China, they would take their own coffins with them. Because they didn't expect to come back. They traveled by months in a ship just to go there and preach the gospel in much opposition. Required a lot of things. But God knows where we are. I remember the times where different individuals would come and try to witness to me. And I would make fun of them. And make them even cry. Stand at the gate and try to witness. I wouldn't even let them come into the gate of my house. I stand there and look at them. The guy would say, you know, who want to come? And I would make them cry. And in spite of that, they would still come again and again. And I thank God they came again and again. And when my brother saw me getting from bad to worse, I thank God he kept on praying and praying and praying, never knowing that one day I would become a preacher myself. But he knows where we are at. Come on. He knows your address. Amen. He knows where you are at. Sometimes we feel that, you know, I wonder whether anybody really knows what's happening to me. God knows. Amen. He knows what you are going through. Amen. He knows exactly what you are going through. He knows where you're at. Number two, he knows what you need. He knows exactly, Jesus knows what you need. The problem with the donkey was, it was there, but it was tied down. Have you ever heard people use that term? I, I really like to, but I'm so tied up with so many things. Have you heard that term before? I'm so tied up. I'm so bound. 
When you look up the word donkey, you will find that it is called a beast of burden. Why is it called a beast of burden? Because it's meant to carry burdens, meant to carry loads. This was what Jesus wanted the donkey to understand, that now it was going to be free. Come on, amen. God wants to take the loads off us. No wonder he said, come to me all you that are weary. And you are heavy loaded. And I will give you, come on, rest. Is your soul at rest today? Is it well with your soul? It is well, it is well, it is well with my soul. There's a song in my heart. The burdens have been lifted. I came to Jesus and my burdens rolled away. We used to sing that song. All my burdens rolled away. Are you still carrying burdens? Are you a beast of burden? There are so many responsibilities, Pastor. You, I find it very difficult to cope with this. I feel like everything's going to, I'm going to collapse at any time. You hear this language repeated very often. I don't know how much more I can take. I don't know how much more I can carry. I don't know whether this will be the straw that will break the camel's back. I don't know. I, I'm just, it's heavy, Pastor. It's heavy. That's why we hear the call of Jesus, come to me, all those of you. Isn't it wonderful we have a God who calls us to himself? He doesn't say, all right, go do this and go do that. He's saying, come. The spirit and the bride says, come. If you're thirsty, come. Hallelujah. Huh? Whatever you're going through, I want you to know that you can come. So therefore, let us draw near to him because he has already shed his blood for us. Let us draw near. Take advantage of this. I always say, when you are praying and you sense the presence of God, for goodness sake, man, take advantage and ask for impossible things. Some of you are just staring at me this morning. See, when Moses began to have the presence of the Lord, he said, God, show me your face. I want to see you. And God says to him, no, no man has ever seen me. If you see me, you will die. And Moses says, show me. I dare to, you know why he dared ask God this? Because the presence of God was revealed to him. When God makes himself real to you, for goodness sake, ask. Ask for the impossible. Ask, come on, amen. What if he says no? What if he says yes? We always have this thing, oh, what, uh, what if they say no, huh? I invite them, they don't want to come. How, what if you, they say yes? I talk to my friend, ask them to come to church. What if they say no? Huh? Have you not had no for an answer before? Why must you take it so personally? It's all right. But try anyway. They may just say yes. But what he wants to do is to free us. The cord that binds us to all these things must be broken. He's called the Lord of the breakthroughs. He will break every chain. Jesus breaks every fetter, we used to sing. And he sets us free. 
He breaks every fetter, the things that bind us, not only our responsibilities, whether it's sins, whether it's a bad habit, whether it's something that we are struggling with. He wants to just break that over our lives. Let me hear an amen. Yes, that's what God wants to do. He knows what we need. We are enslaved, tied up, responsibilities. We feel so burdened. Number three, he knows who we ought to be. See, the donkey was tied, maybe after a day's work or what, but it was just another insignificant donkey because it says no man had ever ridden on it. It was created for a higher purpose. I'm sure as the donkey looked at the horses, it must have thought to itself, oh, I wish I could be that one. Look at Pontius Pilate coming in on that nice stallion. He looks so stately. No man has ever, I'm just an insignificant beast of burden. I am a nobody. Huh? But God wants to transform that. Sometimes, you know, I begin to think about my own life. Where I would have been if Jesus had not come in. And where I have now been because Jesus came in. What a difference. What a transformation of what I was and could have been all the rest of my life. Whatever short life I would have had. Today somebody made a comment on my hair. I'm not one to mention names. So the person said, you know, well, your white hair make you look so old. So I'm not going to tell you that George said it, but anyway. <laughs> I said, what do you mean I look so old? I am old. <laughs> it's all right. It's okay. You know, so we feel that we are insignificant. We are, I mean, we are just existing. How are you doing? Surviving life. That's not the way life is meant to be. If it is true that Jesus comes to give us life and to give it to us more abundantly, then where is it? So suddenly the donkey's life was supposed to be changed. He was brought into the very presence of Jesus. Bring him to me. That's where you are supposed to be, in the presence of the Lord, where you can say honestly, I know he's with me. When he said, Lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age, he meant it. Because no matter where I go, Jesus is with me. Come on, amen. I know my life is in his hands. That's where I'm supposed to be. You're on the opposite village, but now I want you to come and be where I am. Because where I am under the umbrella of my covering, you shall receive whatever I have for you. You will walk in the goodness and favor of God. You can say like David, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will be dwelling in the presence of the Lord always. He's not talking about the house of the Lord. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He's not talking about church. He's talking about living in the very presence of God. Where God, I am the house of God. And God is my Father. That's where you're supposed to be. Bring him to me. They made this donkey feel very comfortable for the first time. All along, it had heavy loads of straw or, or big 
boxes of sack on its back, but now they put clothes, garments, soft, nice, tender, to allow the donkey to feel this calmness it had never felt before. Suddenly, it felt so peaceful, so good, so restful. Amen. The spirit of heaviness was taken away and the spirit of joy and comfort ha, of goodness, the goodness of the Lord. You have anointed me with oil. My cup runs over. Hallelujah. Now I begin to have the favor of the Lord upon my life. This is what God wants us to be. He wants us to be a carrier of his presence. Now Jesus sits upon him. Everything is going to be different. When he walked down the streets, people are going to start shouting and singing. Never before when it was carrying great bales of hay on its back, nobody sang for it. But now, suddenly, everybody began to start singing. Hallelujah. Life perspective begins to change. As he walks down, seems like it's so different. Suddenly the ground is no longer hard. There are cloaked garments before me. I walk now and it's not hurting me anymore. The path that I'm treading is not a difficult path anymore. Because Jesus, that's the place Jesus wants us to be. Can I hear amen? Last of all, and everybody say amen. He knows where we must go. He knows where we must go. The thing that God wants us to see is this. The first thing that happens to the donkey as it begins to take a direction is it is supposed to bring joy, singing, celebration into the hearts of people that have been oppressed, poverty-stricken, beaten under, the, under Roman law. No song in their hearts. How can you sing in a strange land kind of thing? Because the land now belonged to Rome, although it was theirs. We hang our harps, you know, by the rivers of Babylon. You know that song. It's taken from the scriptures. How can we sing the Lord's song in a place where we are oppressed, we cannot sing. There is no more song. There are dirges. There are chants that they go, religious songs that they would sing. But there's no bursting forth of their hearts in praise and worship to God. The song died for 400 over years now. And now, the purpose of the donkey was to bring joy, singing, celebration, laughter into the hearts of people that were hurting. Some years ago, we went to Penang, the family, and uh, I wanted to park my car outside, right in front of the hotel, Sunway Hotel. And the security guard, an Indian chap, you know, a big guy came up and he said, no, 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 sir, sorry, cannot, you have to park it inside. I said, you know, there are empty spaces. He said, sorry, sir, these have been reserved. You've got to have special reservation. Fine. This time we went again. And... Uh, we had a parking place. Now, this time, they got a parking place for us in the front because I said, we are very old people, no? Very hard to go inside. Very narrow parking, all very hard. After I bang my car here, bang my car. Okay, okay, park in the front. And the same security guy, same person, his name is Murti. And I began to talk to Murti and share with him what Jesus did for my life. And as I'm talking to him, he said, sir, sir, 
all the hair on my hand standing lesser. You're talking to me, I'm all standing lesser. So I kept on ministering to him. Then he burst down crying. Nothing sad. I never say, shared a sad story, neither did he share a sad story. Just as we were speaking, he started to have tears and he started to control him. Sorry, sir, sorry. He started crying. And then I introduced him the next morning to all our fine people. Talked to him. And he was so, so touched until today. Still texts. And I text him back to let him know. I found out that his father and mother had died. His wife had left him with, with uh, four children. All gone. He's now by himself. A very sad, very lonely man. What's my duty as a donkey? Bring Jesus to him so that his heart can sing. And I could tell him, I said, the reason why I'm sharing this with you is because I love you. And I want you to know that Jesus loves you. He's 49 years old. I said, almost as young as my son. And uh, so I said, I can, be, I can be like a father to you. You don't have a father, I'll become like a father to you. I will pray for you. I will help you. So manage to minister to him. But that's what I'm supposed to do. To just carry Jesus into the life of someone who is hurting. Cannot share with anybody. Stand there as a top security officer in charge of all the other security guys. He's the man in charge. He's tough. Big, tough. But on the inside, broken, hurt, no song, no joy. My responsibility is, let me go and bring some joy. So as the donkey brought Jesus into the place. There was singing, there was shouting, there was, you know, people waving their hands. Little children began to get caught up with all the praise and celebration. Religious people don't like that. Don't shout so loud. Don't do all these things. Quiet them down. Jesus said, if I were to quiet them down, even the stones will start screaming out in worship and praise. Rejoice greatly, O daughters of Zion. Shout aloud daughters of Jerusalem, people of God, because your king has come to you. Amen. That's our responsibility. As God begins to use us, may God use every one of us in bringing about change, transformation in the lives of people. That's what I'm saying. Please, get your friends. Talk to them. You don't have to share big messages. Share. I shared a little bit, and the Holy Spirit began to work very effectively in the man's life. And that's what he can do if you will only be willing to carry Jesus. Let people meet him. They will burst out in song. Amen? Stand with me, please.